This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Adele, and today is the episode with my wife. Hi, everyone. What's up, sweetheart? Nothing. What's good today? Well, we had a plan to talk about fitness and, you know, supporting each other. We can go down that path. <laughs> Are you saying that because you want to switch the subject today? Well, I mean, I think there's value there. So much so. I mean, we're not. Do you, babe? You got you got something else you want to bring to the table? We we are open to suggestions here. We are. Okay. I mean, I would like to talk about just real world stuff from the weekend. Oh, okay. <gasps> the panic. <laughs> what are we going to talk about over the weekend? I mean, there was a lot of stuff that went on this weekend. Go there for was. It. There was. This weekend being. Listeners are hearing this on a Saturday, this weekend being the past removed weekend. We're recording this on a Monday. Yeah, thanks for giving them the roadmap. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I mean, we had a good weekend. This past weekend we had Gianna. Yeah. Which was, it's always great to have her with us. Yeah. And I worked super late on Friday. Oh, yeah, you weren't home till like 9.30. Yeah, really far behind with content creation. So, then Saturday she had a birthday party, Saturday mm-hmm. evening. Mm-hmm. Then Sunday, did some stuff, and we met up with her father. Yep. For some conversations. And then here we sit on a Monday. Here we are. That's the weekend. <laughs> and that's how you get shit done. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Like, that would be a horrible episode. But <laughs> I think it's important, right, there's a, a perception, at least that I know that I have perpetuated, that our life is always in a consistent state of pushing. That everything is a challenge, right? Everything is to expand and to get more done and to get shit done. Mm-hmm. And this weekend for us was almost the exact opposite. Yeah, we really didn't get a whole lot of anything major done. We just did little things. Yeah. Right? It's, I honestly like some weekends where we just relax and binge watch a stupid show or... That's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Friday night, though, I watched The Great Show. Oh, my God. No. That's a whole episode no. in itself. No. You can do a podcast on that episode solo. I forgot so about that. If any of you are married or in a relationship with somebody that loves to watch documentaries and they're not your thing, I I, I am sorry for you because I am married to somebody who loves documentaries. I love documentaries, but not of all subject content. And this guy comes home at 9.30 on a Friday night, doesn't eat till like 10 o'clock, the little child goes to bed, we sit down and like he turns on this documentary about aliens, which is fine. I'm down with aliens. I like it. However, it was a two-hour documentary where I fell asleep for an hour and 30 minutes of it, and every time I woke up in you know, probably in an hour and 30 minutes that I slept, I would wake up for little bits here and there, one or two minute segments and then pass back out. I know the entire thing that happened in the two hour documentary and I missed an hour and a half of it because they kept repeating the same shit over and over and over again in just eight different ways. So I was out on this one, but go ahead. I see you pull it up on your phone. You're going to, you're going to tell them about it. Don't watch it. It was incredible. <laughs> it's awful. It's so it, bad. It altered my perception of what might be possible. Look, I'm all 
Excuse me, I'm all for the aliens. I'm all for everybody's story this about This wasn't even an alien documentary. Man, killing my soul. You uh, slept. She has no frame of reference. She slept for an hour and a half. Of the two, dude worked. It, go ahead. Go ahead. You're killing me. Um, You're killing me with the interruptions. <laughs> story of my life. Yeah. Always the interruptions. Yeah, I'm good at that. In our meeting that we had with her ex-husband on Sunday, I got to so kindly look at her and tell her I thought it was best that she just shut her damn mouth. Huh. And she looked at me and she was, as we would say, grumpopotamus for a second. And then she realized I was right. And then she smiled. And then I believe, don't hold me to this, but I believe there was even a part of her that might have been mildly turned on. Hmm. As the smile beams across her face. <laughs> shut my mouth. Just tell them about the damn documentary. So the documentary that I watched that Joe Rogan posted. Literally, I'm looking at the screenshot because I screenshotted it as I was getting into the house on Friday. It was 9.39 p.m. Way off base from what I said <laughs> I would commit to. It is not our 7.45 and under, Mark. We're not even close. Like the wheels <laughs> fall off the bus. Kurt and I are trying to create content. All this stuff come. It doesn't matter. I don't have all this shit figured out all the time. I do my best. Mm-hmm. But Joe Rogan posts the Bob Lazar Area 51 and Flying Saucer documentary. And he says that he watches it and that he is has a love-hate relationship with UFO things. And that he watched it and, of course, he was high. And Mickey Rourke was the one that narrated it. And it only seemed appropriate in honoring him. Yeah, maybe because he was high that that's why he thought it was good. Now... As my wife interjects that incredibly intelligent little insert there. Shut up. What ends up happening is Bob Lazar was this guy that worked in. It's not Area 51. It's like Core 2 or something. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really matter. <laughs> I don't remember what it is. He came out You're in the late 80s. You're not going to reference for me. I was sleeping. Nope. He came out in the late 80s, blacked out TV, right? kind of shady behind the scenes saying, hey, just so everybody knows, there were nine spacecrafts or nine crafts that were found. We're disassembling two or three of them. There's some reverse propulsion things. There's all this crazy stuff. The world needs to hear about it. The world needs to hear about it basically because I fear for my life. And if I don't share it, I'm going to end up dead anyways. Yeah. And he didn't, he, they believe that he took element 115. 115. That's right. I was going to say. 511 but that doesn't make any damn sense because i was sleeping but yeah he took element 115 and they've been quietly stalking him and then randomly raiding his house for years i love you so much and you keep interrupting my story from watching the movie <laughs> for less than 30 minutes i know but i feel like this is not what we were supposed to talk about we're gonna about get today. to where we need to get to <laughs> just walk with me on this yellow brick road together i hate this road you don't hate it just <laughs> deal with it hand in hand shoulder to shoulder he comes out, he shares his stuff. The documentary eventually goes into the science behind how these crafts were created. And there's a part in which he starts describing element 115, which is an element that sometime late 90s, early 2000s was eventually acknowledged as an actual element that's on the periodic table, but it's not on the periodic table that mm-hmm. you and I would have studied. And what element 115 has the ability to do is essentially bend light waves. Longest story short, for those of you that aren't into physics and how all those things work, light waves shouldn't be able to be bent. So it's an anti-gravity, it's an anti-matter type of element. Now he goes into the whole milling process of all those things and what goes on. If you're interested in this crazy sort of thing, I enjoyed it from the scientific aspect. He's not there talking about aliens and Martians and little green people with big eyes. (laughs) 
he's talking about the science behind what went on. And so much of the documentary is proving or showing that he might actually be valid in this case. Because magically now all of his MIT records are gone and magically all of his schooling records are gone and magically all these things happen. Although there was enough background information done to prove that what he was saying was correct. It's like he's just got no record after high school. Yeah, they just kind of erased him. It's like his life is gone until he got employed by this company. It's like it just doesn't exist, which is unique in its own right. From there on the documentary, there's a point where they go out in the woods, him and the guy that's narrating, not narrating, recording, the guy that's owns. Filming the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Go out in the woods, put down their cell phones, turn them both off. Like They're having a conversation. As a movie viewer, we're not privy to what the conversation is. Fast forward less than 12 hours, the FBI and multiple other sources raid this man's science lab quote-unquote, searching for some sheet of paper that exists with some sort of something on it about one of his past clients that may have been transporting illegal (laughs) materials. Which is bullshit FBI code for we're looking for the element. And perhaps that's what it is. Perhaps it's what it's not. What is interesting is while they're raiding him, they are citing things that were spoken about during this window of time of the conversation in which phones were off, nobody was there, and they are very clearly in the woods. Right? Mm -hmm. There's some things that just don't make sense. So if you're looking for a documentary about Martians and little green people or gray or blues or whatever the type of (laughs) aliens you believe in, as I believe in all of them, probably not your thing. If you're someone that's curious about like the science behind how reverse propulsion could work and like bending gravity and things like that, I found it to be very fascinating. It did bore you to death. It did, only because like I could have gotten out of it. It, it. I feel like it could have been condensed down to 35 minutes and it would have been fascinating and interesting. Two hours at 10 o'clock on a Friday after a long week, I'm out. Yeah, I think I'll probably ask you to watch it again on like a more, when you're a little more dialed in, right? We'll see, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. What... Now it's because I'm not dialed in. Yes, yeah, okay. Give me a break. Well, I share that because we stay up a little too late on, on Friday, right? Mm-hmm. I don't get home too late. We watch a documentary, it's midnight. We finally invested in our, in I'll say ourselves, like our bedroom finally has the blackout curtains that eliminate literally all light possible. Mm-hmm. We have completely cleansed our bedroom of anything that would really emit any sort of light. Yeah. Close the bedroom door, fans on, right about 68 degrees. So when we go in there, we end up sleeping like- <laughs> In like 30 seconds. We've yeah. got our, our bulletproof labs. Uh, what is that mat called? I call it a prana mat. It's a spiky mat. It is a spiky mat. Yeah. It's got all these little discs on it that have wicked, nasty spikes on them. And you voluntarily lay on this and it's supposed to induce deep sleep. It's supposed to. It really does. I, yeah. This, now it's like a rush to the bed on who can get to the bed first. Not because we're going to get freaky, but because it's who's going to lay on the mat before the other one. <laughs> That's so If you're curious as you're listening, what married life entails and what makes it different than dating, you get to a point where you are excited to go to bed in your blacked out room in which you can't see your partner in the same bed because it's so dark. And you want to get there first so that you can lay on a spike filled mat and make the other one jealous. Because when you're done with the spike filled mat and you turn it over, you're instantly asleep. Like, You're done. It's a victory. Because you have to lay on your back. So when I hear my husband go, <sighs> I know he's already sleeping. I'm just mimicking what it sounds like for jets to take off, <laughs> just in case you forgot. So dumb. That's yeah, what happens. Yep. Love you, though. 
So we sleep in for a while on Saturday. Yes. A little bit. I mean, for us, sleeping in is 8, 8.30. Yeah. Wasn't, wasn't too big of a deal? No. And then on Saturday, what? We didn't. I didn't work out on Saturday. Oh, no. Saturday morning, I went out to the barn to ride. An airborne sucked a shoe off in pasture. And if you don't know anything about horses, if he's he is a an active what we call working horse. So he has shoes on all four of his feet so that it decreases the impact and the chances of splitting something. Well, he's got bad feet anyway. So this dude had himself a good old time out in pasture and he sucked off a front shoe, which is a big no-no, so I couldn't ride him. So it was a day of like soaking and wrapping and disinfecting his foot and packing it and waiting for the farrier to come out. So I spent a few hours out at the barn. You and G did a little cleanup things and then we watched a really dumb show that I find super humorous because it's it's like 26 minutes. It's, what's it called? The Santa Clarita Diet. It's Drew Barrymore and somebody else. It's real stupid, but it's easy. It's something you can fall asleep to. I find it a little humorous. It's real campy. We watched a few of those and then... It's ridiculous. Fell asleep on the couch for a few minutes. And I suppose that's my payback for making her watch a documentary (laughs) that she could sleep through is I got to watch 28-minute episodes about Drew Barrymore that is undead and has to eat people so she can stay alive is undead, essentially. Like, that's her fuel is other people. Yeah, it's so dumb. Her husband is not undead, right? It's this whole – I mean, it's it's atrocious. (laughs) It's so bad. It's good, but it's bad. It's one of those. So then – Gianna was playing with friends because it was a really nice day here in Columbus, Ohio. She played outside for a while and then she went to the birthday party. And we had grand plans to like go to gallery hop and do all kinds of things. We we're going to go to a boxing match. And we just didn't do any of it. We cleaned the car and we made some food and we sat at the table. We read some books and <laughs> we did nothing. Yeah, I distinctly remember it was 7 12. Uh-huh. We sat there and I looked at you and said, yeah, we should really get ready and go to this match and bout. And Yeah, this is like his thing. He wanted to go. I'm like, I'm down. Let's let's do it. G's at a birthday party. We got we got the time. No. Nope. And I said, well, before I can make those type of decisions, let me eat. make sure that I eat first. <laughs> and I have been on this fast. Well, detoxed. For the past. Today is day seven. Yeah, I feel like that was going to be in the original topic of what we we're going to cover today, but that's okay. We're all over the place. It's in there now, like swimwear. We're here. Huh. I've been doing this detox. Detox has my wife a little nervous. My husband is shrinking. I like big men. And we're not talking fat men, people. When I met him, he was 295 pounds with abs. I like big men. So my my husband is sitting at, well, how much do you weigh? So I started the detox. I was 267 pounds, yep. which is kind of my walking around weight now. This morning I was 255. I've been as low as 252 <laughs> on, on this detox. It's panicking me a bit. <laughs> I'm going for the, uh, trying to see if I can dwindle down to 230. Oh my God, I can't do it. <laughs> it it's incredible. Only Only here. Could a 255-pound man be considered small? <laughs> no. I didn't say you're small, but like we saw a video this morning. He was recording content, and I watched the video, and I'm like, your face looks skinny. I'm just not used to seeing you not small, but like you don't have any inflammation because of your detox and fast, and so all the inflammation or your 
any water you carry around is like gone. Like you're super depleted. And because you have basically no carbs, you have no glycogen, so you're you look flat. And that's just years of me seeing a bodybuilding guy. But I have veins in my lower abs. He does. He does have veins. And the V the the the, the V's coming in quite nicely, which I love. I'm not saying you look bad. It's just an adjustment. You look super hot. Uh-huh. I don't buy that at all, but I'll take it. <laughs> I share that with you because the first two days of the detox, you get four of these what would be called chocolate shakes that are much more able to be referred to as like if you ever ever had a chocolate, like a, a glass of chocolate milk. Right? You, you, we were kids at one point. We all made the chocolate milk right with the Nes- Nesquik. Yeah. You squeeze it in, you mix it up in milk. Oh, Nesquik was the best. You can put more in if you want it more chocolatey. Then you get down to the bottom, right? And the milk might be a little warm. It's like, I don't know, just a little bit left. Imagine you fill that entire glass up then with water <laughs> above and beyond the milk. <laughs> and then you swirled that around and then you drank it. That's about what this stuff tastes like. Like chocolate dirt. Yeah. Yep. So you get four of those for the first two days. That's it. Basically fast for 70 hours, give or take. Then it's a vegan-based meal for lunch. And so I'm having a tremendous amount of spinach right now. A lot of spinach, which is really good for you. More than I've probably ever consistently consumed in my life. Yep. Eating from the rainbow, having all types of different nutrients in that salad. This guy was eating zucchini noodles, which never have I seen you eat zucchini noodles, and I make them frequently. Got some broccoli noodles in there. Oh. I got some carrots. I got some jalapenos, and I got Beyond Burgers. Yep, the plant-based plant-based vegan burgers. burgers, which I'm growing very accustomed to and I enjoy. But I eat this salad, and it's a large salad. It fills up a Tupperware that would normally put a family meal in it. Mm-hmm. You eat till you're eighty percent full. Then you get one more meal like that before bed. <laughs> that, that happens to have uh, animal protein in it, but no red meat. Right, and I'm a red meat guy, so it's very interesting. So we've been doing shrimp. He doesn't really love chicken. Yeah. Shrimp and turkey. Yeah. I share that yet once more based off the fact on Saturday I'd been physical with cleaning the car and doing stuff around the house. I had only had meal number one. And so before going downtown, it seemed like it would make a lot of sense to have meal number two. Mm-hmm. At which point I cooked meal number two and said, I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> Let's stay in and watch a movie. In yeah. which we did. Yeah. So we were not get shit done people at all. No, but we watched Vice President or whatever. What's it called? Oh, Vice. It's just Vice. called Vice. Incredible. Dick Cheney is a gangster. It's a total gangster. And Christian Bale, who played him in that movie, like, what the hell? If you see an American Psycho and you've seen like Christian Bale in his prime and all ripped up, and then you, there was another movie he did where he lost... 50, 60 pounds and look like a skeletal... The mechanic, I think. The mechanic, yes. Just a skeletal version of himself. And then this one, playing Dick Cheney, that guy had to put on at least 60 pounds to his normal weight. I mean, he had like four chins. And I'm sure some of that was prosthetics, but like he legit gained that much weight. His his belly, I mean, was just serious. That's dedication. It was incredible. Yeah, it was a good movie. Phenomenal movie. I had no idea. Dick Cheney is a gangster. He is the man. (laughs) (laughs) The number of heart attacks this man had that he just like calmly said like, yep, I need to go to the hospital. I'm having a heart attack. Three heart attacks and then a heart transplant. Yeah. Get out of here. And still didn't really look like he lost any LBs. 
No. I gave no fucks. <laughs> None at all. And then so we go to bed somewhat normal time Saturday night, not overly late. We sleep in super, not that, like in 8 o'clock, 8.30. Yeah, super late for us. It's 8. On Sunday. We get G, and then we decide we need to go grocery shopping, which for those of you that haven't shopped for Beyond Burgers before, you would assume that. You get them anywhere. You cannot. Every place has them. They don't. Nope. Our local Kroger doesn't have them. Trader Joe's doesn't carry them. Whole Foods? Whole Foods does not carry them. Only fresh time here. Mm-hmm. I only share that check down because we went to almost all of those stores, everything other than Kroger, on Sunday. And we did full grocery shopping in each store. Oh, yeah. We spent a ridiculous amount of money on groceries. But we have enough food for the entire week that we don't have to spend a penny on anything at all. Certainly. It's a win. Then we have a meeting. With my ex-husband. With your ex-husband. Sure did. <laughs> <laughs> It was enjoyable. I get I get I get furrowed eyebrows here. So it's myself, my wife, and her ex husband sitting awkwardly at a table at Panera. Right? I'm at the edge of the table trying to play moderator, right? I don't want to feel like it's stacked up, so it's not Lindsay and I side by side. I'm I'm bisecting the table. And we're working towards a compromise um, that allows just ease of momentum going forward for life. Right? There's just things in, in relationships that not everybody sees eye to eye on. And it's very interesting from my standpoint, from the way that I view my wife, right, and the way that I have gotten to know her and the way that her and I communicate. It's got a very specific cadence to it. I'm able to look at her and smile and tell her to shut her mouth. And she <laughs> listens. She laughs. Might even get a little excited about it. And then you put her and her ex-husband in a very calm setting with desired outcomes that are fairly equal for both parties. And I just got done having a salad that had oil and vinegar on it. Yep. And like it was in a little plastic container. And when it was sitting there, they were separated. <laughs> right? Like, and then I shook it up and I set it down for a second and they were still separated. Yeah. That is essentially how it felt with you and your ex. Yeah. Right, and there's there's bias on both sides and years of history, and none of the, there's no finger pointing from where I sit. Well, the, I mean, we, and we even openly said it at the table. We like each other just fine. We do not, on any playing field in any sport, communicate the same way. And what I love is from the place of acceptance and awareness that you don't. There's opportunities to change. And grow into being able to communicate. Correct. On both sides. It is. So that you can hear each other. Yeah. 15 years into being in each other's lives, we are still figuring out how to communicate so that the other person can hear it. That has been, which is why we're a divorce. <laughs> it has been the biggest hurdle. And it's not because he's right or I'm right. Right. It's just he has a way of communicating and I have a way of communicating. And they do not match. And that's okay. So, yes, it is an opportunity of growth and learning for both of us. And it is very exciting for me to sit and watch and participate in because for the first you know, three and a half or four years of my wife and I's relationship, I would have said that her ex and I didn't have a good relationship. I can't say it was bad. Right? It just wasn't the communication had not been formed yet. That would allow for growth and understanding between him and I. Mm -hmm. And here we are sitting at Panera, 
and there's communication that is eye contact for both parties, mm-hmm. no one's getting red-faced or no, increased heart rates. No. Things are moving in a very positive direction. And that takes two hours of the day. Yeah, so. it took us a bit to to weed through some stuff. Yeah, I mean, everybody wants their voice to be heard. Yeah. It was good. Everybody got their voice heard. We got plans for action moving forward. Very constructive, the way yeah. that works. I would just, you know, a caveat to things like this, because if you're listening and you're a part of a divorced household, I know so many couples that have wicked nasty divorces. And my ex-husband and I, as we're sitting there, both vocalized that we were fortunate that our divorce was somewhat mild, I guess. Not mild for us while we were in it, but mild for us knowing that there are other people that go through a lot of more difficult things, I guess, than we experienced. However, we still have things that we don't agree on as parents because we are two different individuals that don't communicate the same way and we're two different types of parents and that's okay. But we have one common denominator which is Gianna and so if you're listening to this and you're in that boat where you are not sure how to talk to your ex you have kids involved things need to be accomplished I I hear you I know that those things are difficult Um, there is a place of resolution you just have to be open to it and that's something that I have had to learn for myself because I want things to be my way or the highway when it comes to my daughter, right? I get very mama bear about things. And it's hard for me to recognize that there is another parent that also loves her and has a, her best interest in mind in in his view, right? Um, because in our house, we have a whole family unit. Ryan and I are two parents that work together to parent Gianna. And I sometimes forget that there's a third party there and not third party in a way that makes it sound absent um, because he's not right he's very involved in all the stuff that that she does but it's just if you're in that boat like there is a way to sit down and have a conversation it might not be an easy way it might not be the way you want it to be but the common goal is to have the best outcome for the child and not the best outcome for yourself that's a hard lesson to learn as adults because we want to piss on trees and be like, this is mine and don't touch it. What my beautiful, stunning, intelligent, articulate, and vivacious wife is attempting to say, I believe is the message or lesson that I shared with you upon getting in the car after our meeting. I would encourage you in any meeting in life, don't care if it's exes, current relationships, friends, the quicker you can disassociate from your ego and not focus on your necessity to be right, but on your necessity to work towards an outcome that is desirable for you, the easier communication becomes. Right. Don't have to be right. I don't have to hear my point get heard. If I want to get to a desired outcome, then it really only matters how do I get to the desired outcome. Yeah, and for me, like historically, if you've listened, you know I'm a reactionary person. I'm super reactionary when it comes to my daughter. Like if you think I'm reactionary on a everyday basis, fuck with my kid and we'll see what reactionary really looks like. Dropping F-bombs in yeah. here today. I mean, but I feel like that's how every mother feels. Like we grew them, we had them take over our bodies, we birthed them, we nursed them, we did almost 100% of the care for them, right? Because they they need their moms. This is not a knock on dads. 
But like there's just a different bond I feel with a mom and daughter, especially than there is with a dad and daughter. I know that was true for me and my mother and my dad, and it has been true with my friends, um, and it is now true with my daughter. And so it's hard for me to disassociate emotions from those kind of situations where they're mine personally it's funny because as a coach I can look at something from the outside and approach everything with logic and reason and accountability and process and progress and all the things all the steps that you're supposed to do and then this is the one place in my own life personally where I still struggle and it I mean it just people do not have all the answers we are not always right we don't you know hold some golden ticket It is a constant work in progress for me personally to deal with having to co-parent. And it's not because I don't like my ex-husband. I do. It's just we are so different and have such different styles and communication styles. Um, It's hard for me to emotionally separate my love and need for protecting and molding Gianna's future the way I want versus compromising because I'm not her only parent. That's that's a hard thing for me. I have said it out loud to him, to you, and now publicly to the world. It's a struggle, but we work on it, right? It's a recognition so that you can then grow into a better version of yourself and take the opportunity to learn something. Well, the most impactful part of this that I oftentimes share with you, I don't care how great of parents you are, parent you are, mm-hmm. maybe parents we are, or parents, including your ex, there is a 100% guarantee. Oh yeah. I know what you're going to (laughs) say. That we are going to mess up. Oh, for sure. We're going to mess it up. Like think right now as you're listening, there's something. If I say, what's the worst that like, what's the worst thing your parents ever did to you? What's the thing you didn't get from them? Your instant default for most of us is to instantly say like, no, no, no. My parents were great. I got everything I needed, right? Like good household, good, good vacations, good everything. Sure. Surface level. I get it. I agree with you. Your parents aren't bad people. I'm not attacking anybody. There could be the one time instance where you were young and you reach up to grab a pan off the stove and your mother caught it out of the corner of her eye. She freaked out. Mm -hmm. She turned around. She smacked your hand away and she yelled at you. Don't do that. You're going to burn yourself. And somehow in that moment of time, it created conflict avoidance for you that you're probably still dealing with right now. Your mom's probably an incredible person. Your parents loved you. Maybe they're still married, right? Like, no matter what we do, the bias that we experience as adults starts when we are children. We're not all going to get it right. No. Do the best you can. We're going to mess it up for sure. Put in the reps. Be present. Whatever. (laughs) After being present, we get Gianna. We spend some more time with her. Mm -hmm. I mean, we had her all weekend, but she was with your father while we were... Yeah. Meeting as a collective tribe. Yeah, don't leave the nine-year-old at home by herself for two hours. No. That's not that's not a good parenting choice for me personally. So, yes, yeah, she was with her grandpa. I mean, we were going to, but only if she could figure out how to use a flamethrower yeah. first. Right? Yeah, Just make so sure she could, she could really set the house on fire. Well, I was going to say defend herself, but yeah, whatever yeah. you're into. And then from, from there, we really didn't do anything else. No, we I, spent some more time with G. She and I read a little bit. We played a game. And then it was time to go to her dad's house because she goes there every Sunday. Then, so Then Lindsay went to the horse barn. And then I went to ride airborne because he got a new shoe. He was real good because he's perfect. I committed to cleaning out the closet. 
So I've, I've come to the point in life, right? I've, oh, I've, I've changed body sizes. I don't have the same value system. All these things, right? I, I have this, we have a walk-in closet in our house. Half it's mine, half it's Lindsay's. And, and I, I probably had 200 t-shirts. And that's, that's an understatement. I feel like that is underquoting. Perhaps it's underquoting. So I made the commitment to go through the closet and get it all cleaned up and organized and get rid of the stuff that I knew I wouldn't wear. And as I'm trying on shirts and I realize that I'm no longer a 3X. <laughs> so you have to understand when I met him, he was in, in pretty much 2X t-shirts. And they kind of looked, some of them looked like schmediums, some of them, because he started to get bigger. And so we moved on to 3X t-shirts and he was bulking for a show and then he cut down but like the 3x t-shirts were were the home base it's very hard to find a 3x t-shirt we found homage that has 3x t-shirts that are not the kind of t-shirts that are like the big and tall store right they have big shoulders tapered waist like more built for bodybuilder muscular type men and so we went all in on the 3x t-shirts and now that we've stop steroids and changed body sizes and lost 50 pounds there is now the 2x t-shirt game but now we have 403 x t-shirts that we gotta get rid of so our bathroom right now is covered in t-shirt piles i've come to the realization in my life <laughs> i needed 30 shirts and here's why i need 30 shirts i love this i originally started with i needed 21 shirts because I work out twice a day, boxing and gym, and then I need a shirt to wear during the day. I sweat enough during boxing that I always take off that shirt and switch into a fresh shirt before I go to the next gym. My mind, that's three shirts a day. Seven days a week is 21 shirts. Mm -hmm. But I have to give myself some leeway because I'm smart <laughs> enough to realize laundry's not going to get magically done every seven days. I'm going to have to push it out a little bit. Magically, would be my wife. Yeah, I was going to say, you think a house elf does that shit? No, I'm not coming back and forth. I'd like to do my own, whatever, because I don't fold it the right way. I don't put it away. Whatever. <laughs> All of it's true. Just the right way to you. My yeah. right way is leaving it in the basket and just pulling from the basket, not wasting time to hang it back up. Yeah. I have since extended that and realized I need 10 days worth of clothing at that same cadence to leave a few days for washing, which leaves me 30 t-shirts. Okay. So, Are these 30 t-shirts going to include like the the Lulu shirts, the collared shirts that you wear? Or 30 t-shirts by themselves for the gym and stuff and then your Lulu shirts? Because we've now switched to all Lululemon shirts as well. Yeah, working on that sponsorship game. Lulu, if you hear me, yeah, <laughs> reach out, say hello. I represent the brand well. I'm not 300 pounds anymore. No, you look actually really freaking good in their shirts because you are the perfect 2X size cash money right here that's right taking over the 99 and 2000 <laughs> some of you are too young to even know what that means hey, i was just gonna say you're gonna lose some people on that one that's all right my goal is to have a total of 30 shirts that are not long sleeve in the closet okay i think anything more than that is a waste and i think it's atrocious all the time energy and effort i used to spend buying things that i didn't really need okay so yeah we're gonna go donate all those t-shirts now so if there's a chance that you or someone in your life is a 3X and would like shirts that many of them have not been worn ever before from homage, very soft, very nice, very clean. Yeah. Did you guys rid of some 2Xs too, didn't you? I'm certain I've gotten rid of a bunch of everything. Yeah. 
just drop me an email. We'll figure out how to get it to you if potentially you're local. I'm sorry I'm not going to pay hundreds of dollars in shipping to get you shirts from here to you if you're not in Columbus. Fair. Being cheap, I own that. <laughs> Clean out the closet, go to the gym on my side. I've decided I like to do 160-pound kettlebell swings Oh yeah, we did those this morning. In a row. I think it's just a good goal. It was rough. It was rough. We did those this morning, and then we're in, in the car driving. We carpooled to work today in the car, and he's like, I'd like to do these 100 of them a day for 100 days. It's like, okay, well, guess we're doing that. And in my mind, it doesn't sound right. 100 kettlebell swings, no big deal. I grab the 28-kilogram kettlebell, which is give or take 60 pounds, probably a little bit more than that. I can get through 30 before I'm like, shot. time out, put it down, catch my breath, Yeah, dying. I'm squeezing my rear end. I'm flexing my abs. I'm Burns flexing the butt. my shoulders. It's a good little workout. Yeah. Doing that. Well, especially because we had a limited time window today. We did. And then we went to bed. So we had a really, really mundane and not exciting weekend. But it's nice because we had some quality time together. We did. And the most impactful thing for me is this right here. Oh, yeah. So he wears a whoop, which I know you guys have probably seen this by now. 96% recovery, which I believe is the highest recovery I've ever seen you have on that. I have never had a 96% recovery. Yeah. So all that resting was actually very good for us. I wear a Fitbit and it doesn't have that. It's whack. But whoop, first of all, I love your stuff, but you got to come out with a smaller version for the ladies because I'm 120 pounds, maybe, and my wrists are the size of a first grader. And so it looks really obnoxious and atrocious on my wrist. It's huge. And then there's no face. So like, you know, my Fitbit works as a watch and then I can see my stuff. There's no, there's no face on it. I wear that and a watch. That doesn't work for me. Yeah, I mean, whatever. It's just design suggestions. I'm, I'm sure they're curious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, almost 100% not. I mean, this is like the most advanced performance tracker in the world. I You're know. not supposed to have any sort of dials on it because it would distract you. I know. But I got my heart rate variability up to 78 yesterday. Wow. Which is huge considering how I normally run and I'm playing the game of life. Which for those of you playing at home that give any shits at all, which is probably none of you, I average about 51 I was going to say, mine's usually at 51, 52. So 77, big time stress relief, right? No stress right now. That's awesome. So maybe the vegan lifestyle, starving myself, losing muscle mass, and just relaxing on the weekends is the healthiest thing I could possibly do for myself. Crazy how it works. Yep. I don't have some magic formula at the end of this episode. I I mean, really, we just ran you guys through our weekend. (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I still I do find it to be valuable to share that it's not always push, 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 go, go, go. Yeah. Like, there's this thing that keeps happening since the event here in Columbus, and that is the consistent almost daily reminder that in order to slow, speed up, we actually must slow down. Mm-hmm. Like clients I'm having this conversation with consistently, and then it's being reinforced in my life. Like in order to show up and be more present and get more things done when it matters, I actually have to slow down a bunch of other places. Yeah. Do a lot more deep work, like just focus differently. Yeah, we proved that this weekend. We did. So, I think that's probably about it for today. <laughs> wait, wait to wrap it up and take us home, honey. I mean, I can, I can play the game. Play got, the game. I've got three hundred plus reps of this. Go for it. What something easy like? 
Sometimes if you slow down, you'll actually speed up, and speeding up and slowing down is the exact way you need to get shit done. 